0: Jurassic Unicorn, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Welcome to Jurassic Unicorn. June for short, a show about developing relationships with creativity. I'm Brian.
0: And I'm Race. Let's get this conversation going.
1: So I'm look- <laughs> I'm noticing Race, there's this like hair in your eyeball. What? and i'm going to be looking at it the whole time in just, my eyeball i think you got it <laughs> but it was like this oh. it was like an inch and a half long just sticking out there and <laughs> in my eyeball just kind of amongst the stuff up there i have got this little
0: um hair growing from my pupil oh yeah it's my pupil yeah hair <laughs> damn thing gets in there the whole time
1: well that's it's like a better it's alien. I was abducted by aliens. Yeah, and you're the only like uh, trace they left over was a giant hair growing out of your pupil. Like, yeah, just some side effect of the uh, the tests.
0: Yeah, you're mostly going to return to normal, except, except for, for, this. for this hair. that's going to be <laughs> hanging out of your pupil for <laughs> the rest of your life. That's like their like little collar
1: that we put on like animals to track them in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, so we can keep track
0: of it. <laughs> Is that one of ours? <laughs> I don't know. Does it have a hair out of its pupil? <laughs> oh yes, we can see it from here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have that. They have that technology. No, one. Yeah, obviously. Speaking of aliens, though, did you did you hear that <laughs> that whole um, oh shoot press conference yeah. thing or whatever the hell? Yeah, what would you call that? It was a.
1: It, uh, I mean, you call it kind of a goofy whistleblower type of thing. Yeah, I mean. Probably a ruin your life whistleblower situation, feels like it, or at least just a yeah. This person's can't really take this person seriously. I wonder what the next job interview looks. Although I bet you know he probably can get on a lot of sci-fi, you know situations. Maybe some podcasts.
0: So you think the three of them are all bsing?
1: I didn't look into it too deeply, but I just saw it and I was like, oh wow, this is getting major press.
0: Um, okay. Yeah. Well, they, they released um. UFO documentation, right? I think that was that this year? Last year? Anyway, basically saying, Oh yeah, there's basically things in the sky. And we've known that for years, and here you know, now we're telling you that it is true. So all those those poor assholes that were told they <laughs> were crazy, like <laughs> these farmers that walk out and see shit in their fields and oh god damn it, that thing fell right down from the sky. You know, <laughs> getting made fun of their whole life and then now it's a weather balloon. Yeah, and now they're finally like justified, but they're old and have already lost so many friends over it. It's like (laughs) So you feel bad for them, you know. Finally vindicated. Yeah. How how many people saw a UFO, you know, in their life and then they're they're sitting there looking at that going, like thinking they're crazy and thinking that they didn't see it and now it's, you know. Someone comes out and says, no, actually, yeah, they're, they're there. They've been there for a while, and we, we have some information on it. And the validation that would come so much later in life, but then there's years and years and years of questioning. Being like, <laughs> did I? Did I I'm, Wait, sure, no. I'm sure that I saw it, but maybe I didn't. And then you, you, you're thinking they're crazy, or they might have seen something that wasn't real, and alternate realities start to cloud their mind and yeah that would suck why wouldn't the government just come out and say yeah there's ufos yeah there might be uh aliens and and you bl- you believe in aliens uh i
1: definitely believe that there's like tons of worlds that can <laughs> totally bring life you know they think about how many freaking uh galaxies are out there and uh, of course, there's planets like ours that that you know carbon-based organisms could yeah could yeah. form or or maybe something else who knows but uh, I I think that there's just ridiculous amounts of life out there just ridiculous amounts in our in our galaxy
0: yeah it it's almost I mean like it's, naive to it, think that we're the only yeah. space rock that you know has life
1: yeah how many other like just get a planet that's in the same kind of distance from a sun Mm-hmm. and there's like Similar a trillion suns out atmosphere. there so yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean to think that there's not life out there is, is kind
0: of ridiculous but did you, did you see the whole uh, that vegas encounter thing that was huh. somewhat recent yeah i guess this this boy uh saw something land big light flash of light land in his backyard and went out there and there's there's footage of his family like being nervous to walk through this gate and into their backyard. And then you can't see anything in the footage, but apparently like cops were called there and they had seen the flash, I guess. And in the uh, little uh, body cams there, the cops are kind of freaking out like, Oh, I'm not going back there. You know, this sounds like a great video, like it, a great movie. Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome video, but then this little lad, he gets on there and explains like in this, I think it's a YouTube video. I promise this is what I saw. He just kind of basically, you know, was talking about his experience and then, you know, that was kind of it. And then but since then, it's like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, everyone's blowing it up and they're taking that small footage of him and his family kind of creeping back to the backyard Mm -hmm. and like, right here, there's an alien. And they (laughs) basically circled nothing, right? All the commentators. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. And and so you're you're watching I've seen this. I got kind of down this rabbit hole, and I'm looking at all these like, people taking snippets of that footage, and they're all zooming in in different places, you know? There, here it is, in the trees. It's 30 feet tall, you know? <laughs> Their another guy's like, it's right here on the ground, behind the fence, you know? <laughs> and you look at it. And, behind this wall, you cannot see. Yeah, it, what's funny, though, too, is they have flashlights. So you know how when, like, there's, there's one that talks about, like, the fence, right? When you take a flashlight and you kind of move it along a fence, it picks up um, artifacts behind, you know, the, the little slats, right, in the fence. And you'll see something, objects, and it looks like they're moving, but it's actually just the shadow moving. Oh, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> or the light moving uh, across the surface. But that's that's one of them is you get like this light and it kind of, you know, moves across the surface through one of those little openings. and. See, it's moving and you can see the hand start to creep around the fence. And it's yeah, like I'm looking at it going, Wow, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I like, can't see anything. It's, it's quite the stretch, but it's just amazing how people, you know, wanna believe and, and wanna see and and um it was also awesome for all the CG artists to put out their alien footage that they made oh, sure. ten years ago and <laughs> And then people go, ah, oh, they do have footage, you know. And it it resurfaces, surreal. and it's it's so amazing. Oh, it's really good. But then when these three gentlemen are sitting there at this, you know, at this um, event, and they're able to sit there and say, yeah, there's biological life that the, the government has stowed away somewhere, and we've had this information for years. The funniest thing about it was I think you thought people were, like the next day were going to be like, oh, my God, aliens do exist, you know, from this very small sort of <laughs> example and, and unclear kind of response that this guy made. Um, and instead, everyone was uh, like, no one cared. And then there was this, did, did you catch that at all? There was like this big joke of, hey, aliens are real, but we still got to pay our bills and no one gives a shit. <laughs> and I just thought that was amazing. Like, we were laughing about that because it makes you wonder if, you know, the government's like, this is Joaquin Sequet and you know, they have a press conference and then this guy walks out there and it's an alien. And like, how would, how would people react to it? <laughs> would they lose their shit? And, or would it be kind of like a, well, they've been around for how long, you know? It's like, we still got to pay our bills and <laughs> yeah. nothing's happened. What, why do we care about this person? <laughs> <laughs> a little anticlimactic that's for sure. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: So think speaking of uh, um, uh, the supernatural, you're, you're heading overseas. yeah, kind of give a give a different type of maybe, maybe more longer-lasting fright or uh, Oh, yeah, or experience. Yeah. Maybe they'll actually be talking about that one after the fact, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm heading over to Japan to work on another haunted attraction. Yeah. Yeah, this one's uh, going to be pretty fun can't say much about it i was gonna but say what can
1: you give us race
0: um hey i can't say too much but it's a, a a classic um i guess horror icon and uh it's got some funky colors that's all i can really say <laughs>
1: <laughs> horror icon yeah. with some funky colors yeah sweet
0: yeah. it'll make more sense here in a couple months but yeah we we've been working on a on a new maze and it's it's pretty. It's pretty cool. This one, it's a lot of artwork. Mm. Yeah, just a ton of artwork and. Um, kind of does that go with the theme of it? Kind of, but it's cool. it's meant to be a little bit more of a play on the eye, you know. Mm. So there's a, a quite a bit more technical art to achieve certain effects in um, of all the mazes that I've worked on. This one's kind of unique that way. Cool, um, but it's cool. It's uh, it's going good. It's in production right now and then once it's released it'll we'll see how people respond to it there's a few it it happens every year but there's always like a few areas that you're really excited about is like in the creative team you know and we just can't wait for certain folks to walk by and you know see how they respond to it because
1: you know this is like (laughs) this is a the best setup right here you're gonna yeah, <laughs> knock them on their butts.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the best is just watching, you know, behind the scenes in the control room and uh, seeing their responses. So, anyway, that that'll be a lot of fun. That's always kind of a fun journey. So you're leaving. um You're gonna go fly over to Japan. You're mm-hmm. gonna be there for what, like a month? Yeah, about a month. So we've been working on on this design for a, a year. You know, basically a couple months after the last one, I uh, would get a little bit of a break, but and you do a lot of that remote yep yep Yep. almost everything's remote and you know we get into discussions with the creative team and uh the technical team and the production team and and see how we can pull this thing off of the year and it kind of goes through its different stages and it's always an adventure yeah but it's fun it's a fun adventure it's just you know uh, something that big that's going to get that many eyes on it there's just and so many people involved, it just, you really have to be detailed and look at every single component and see if it's um, feasible, but then also just if it's going to work with the audience and there's just a lot that goes into every little tiny piece to the puzzle and it just takes time to figure that out. You know, how do you think uh, just,
1: I don't know, creating productions for so many people, how has that impacted you as kind of a creative?
0: That's a good question. It's, Production is kind of a nightmare, but it's also like the process, the required process to get something done, you know? And from a creative standpoint, there's always ideas that, you know, like me and the creative team, the original idea, not necessarily the original, but the refined sort of processed idea through the creative heads, in our minds, is always the best, right? Man, if we could pull this off, it'd be so cool. Sure, the early vision and everything. Yeah. And so there's, there's always like this better vision that exists somewhere, but that's not what the, what is produced. And that's not what the audience gets to see in the, in the end. And it makes you wonder, like when you watch movies, even your favorite movies, like what, what was the version that was better? Cause there usually is, you know? <laughs> yeah. What, were the budget cuts? Yeah. Cause
1: I mean, the movie's phenomenal. It's like, it's not yeah. like as an audience member, you watch and you're like, Oh, I can tell the, I uh, mean, every once in a while you can, but most, yeah. I mean, we don't know the difference, yeah. but as the creative, I guess you probably know like, oh, that was
0: going to be this or could have been that. Yeah. The, the intricacies, especially at that level, you know, probably have a, a script that, that goes a little bit longer than it was intended once they get all the footage and you might have three, four or five hours to cut back to an hour and a half, two oh, hours. Sure. And, you know, there's just a lot of really important details from the writers and, and some of the. Uh, producers that just doesn't get pushed through you know and so it's um but that, that's similar with like all productions at different levels and, and different outputs and and it's so different than what we do over there it's it's it gets kind of refined there is a refinement process through just as it bounces through the mines yeah and sometimes it's good because it because there have been situations where you design something and then they kind of pull you back and they say that's do we really need to go that far with it and then you kind of realize that you're obsessed with a very specific thing from your childhood and you want to pull that through and it's not really like, you know, that useful, but, um, but, but it's good. I think the frustrating thing with all creatives is when you have a, sometimes there's people from the production side that think more about the money side. They think more about the budgets and that's so important because you, you can't really make it without a budget, but, um, Yeah. But it really, it just gets watered down because, especially at that level, you're working for a theme park, you want to deliver the most insane experience. Oh, like sure. Like,
1: <laughs> that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. You want to beat something that, you want you want to create something basically that's better than the local haunted house. And that's, that's actually hard to achieve because of safety. <laughs> you <laughs> know, that, that's one area that- <laughs> You cannot, cannot use
1: like- um, Real risk and yeah, like life or death situations to help intensify the. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I, I've gone. <laughs> if you could, <laughs> I've gone through some of the local haunts, Like darts come shooting across; <laughs> like they're this. not just air jets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is dangerous. Like you know, you go to some of the local ones, and you're like, this would never fly at that level. And they
1: they don't have the same level of maybe like their
0: equivalent of OSHA or of yeah. whatever
1: safety. Who? What's the safety regulate like regulator?
0: Do you even know? Uh, no, actually, Uh, it's just our, the one that I interface with is just the internal one, you know, and it's our safety team that comes in and dictates, but I'm not sure what, um, codes they're following, um, like what the actual organization is. I could probably look that up. And it's funny that I haven't really (laughs) interfaced with that. (laughs) that, uh, that, that, the name of that group, but, um, yeah, it, it's similar for the most part, you know, as far as like the widths of the walkways and oh um, sure, you know, it's very similar to what we we have here in the states. It's just, uh, I think at the park they, how do I put this in a nice way? Someone gets hurt, you know, and then it goes through this whole. It's a big deal. Someone unfortunately goes to a theme park and they get injured, and you know they could potentially sue the theme park for a lot of money. And what happens is these these management teams kind of come together and they determine, you know, what happened and they, they do some analysis and then they, they figure out a way to correct it. Mm. And usually the rules that are put in place are kind of asinine, you know, it's like, <laughs> because the person that, that, got hurt, sometimes they'll do really ridiculous things. So then now that's a new mindset, a new persona that they didn't plan for in the initial build or design <laughs> that now they have to plan for. They pin them up on the board. And-, and of all the people in, in a country, that's like 0.0001% is, is that type of person. But yet, it has such a dictation on the output of the next thing that you do. And so, and the hard part is when you look at humanity, you go, you really can't build something for everyone. Completely like
1: injury-proof. So-
0: yeah, yeah, like... So maybe it's always going to ru- not be athletic It's like,
1: like r- run into a wall. You it's like the mean? somersault man. <laughs> just can't not yeah. do somersaults to move through that. Hey,
0: so race, tell me,
1: I got, I got <laughs> to ask now. I mean, you br- you bring this up. What's, what's the most ridiculous or the most like severe injury that someone's ever gotten in one of these attractions? Or is that, is that, that's maybe that we can't talk about that, but maybe just ridiculous.
0: I, c- I probably can't talk about the details, but it's. There's there's more like common ones, I guess, that um, we've had performers, like our own performers, like really flail their bodies into objects that don't move. <laughs> and they have like massive head wounds, you know. <laughs> but when you kind of go there.
1: They just think it was styrofoam and it was like
0: cement? Uh, sometimes it's it's the design team, like our, our production team, you know, will accidentally make something out of metal when it probably should have been foam and you know, and so sometimes it's on production and then sometimes it's on the performer because they were kind of given a specific set of rules and then they're, they're just trying to be the best actor, actress they can be. And going off the cuff a little, doing a little improv. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll just fly (laughs) themselves into these situations, but you know, it's, it's sometimes you're just like, why, why was that the choice though? You know, (laughs) And then with with it comes to guess. Um, usually, when people get injured, it's they're doing something they're not supposed to do, like they're trying to get to back of house, or they'll they'll run into put their hand behind like a, a a puppet or a you know animatronic that's like coming towards them, and there's a lot of little moving parts in there that can pinch and rip and twist. And oh my gosh, you don't, you shouldn't go and hug one of those or grab one of those. Like you should stay away. So if you're ever in an attracted or like a
1: haunted attraction, don't hug the animatronics.
0: Yeah. 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 Or anything that's mechanical in any way, you know, but it's our, our PSA for the hour. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but, but they will, you know, so we have to have these kind of ridiculous barriers. And the sad part is it'll be a better scare if we can get you right up there. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can bring that thing right to your face. Cause you want to, um, you want to get, as close to injury
1: and uh, like real actual, I don't know, just potential harm or danger, but then not cross that line.
0: Yeah. And if you have one guest from the year before that decides to crawl on a table and reach three or four feet into a an area where there is some kind of a, an articulated you know, mechanism, then all of a sudden it's like, well, we got to put it five feet away from him now. And then that's five <laughs> feet away from everybody. And then at some point, you're like, well, I all, guess just watch a movie. You all, know? The, all the
1: haunts are 20 feet back. Yeah. It's like some guys in the distance. Yeah. He's got like a megaphone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no one can hear him. It, that's what's funny about some of the haunts in the States, though. Is like, <laughs> the more local, the, the, the less oh, people that come, yeah. through, they don't give a shit. The more like, local, they- there's...
1: No no one even knows it's going on. You know, there's no regulatory agency that even has a clue that it's happening. So people are like climbing through swathers and stuff like that, you know, (laughs) just (laughs)
0: just
1: like pitchforks
0: flying. That's the thing. Like when there's real danger, it's actually really scary. So so those are. What a concept, huh? Yeah, that's actually a better deal. Where is it at? So is it in Tokyo? It's in Osaka. Osaka? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Universal Studios, Japan. You know Osaka.
1: So, what's it typically like when because you you go there basically every year? So, outside of the production,
0: what's it what's it like kind of hanging out there for a month? Uh, Japan's awesome. Yeah, I think everyone needs to go to a different part of the world. Mm. You know, especially if you're from the states, because I think you it's easy to get locked into a mindset, Mm. a mode, and I'm I've kind of learned something recently that the like-minded groups, as amazing as they are, you know, finding your community, finding your ecosystem. If you share the same thought with a larger group, it's really hard to expand yourself and Mm -hmm. it's really hard to grow. And it's really hard to be more aware of the things that you do. And when I go over there, I'm, I'm, I'm more aware of the things that I do here that are probably like not as cool as i thought you know <laughs> so embrace the diversity so it can kind of expand you yeah we're, we're as like americans are kind of known for being kind of loud and obnoxious
1: what yeah <laughs> no yeah oh <laughs> gosh
0: it's so what's funny is the more time you spend in you know japan where they're they have more respect for each other they're not gonna go into a public setting and just start screaming at the top of their lungs <laughs> um I can I can walk into a busy, you know, station and uh you can just hear the Americans. <laughs> it could be, you know, a hundred thousand people in there and you and you can just close your eyes and, and listen and you can find your way to all of the Americans. And that was uh told to me, you know, in one of my first visits, and I kind of laughed about it and then the longer you're there, you go. No, it's actually true. It was yelling to the top of their lungs and <laughs> kind of disrespecting people around them, using their body in a really big way and swinging their arms. And sure. people have to duck, you know, and watch out for these just loud assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was something. That's I was awesome. like, oh my gosh. So actually, when I come back, I'm a little more thoughtful. I I try to tell my kids that too. It's like, hey, don't go into Walmart and then just scream and run down the. <laughs> the aisles and um flail your arms that's so people have to avoid you. That's you what know? I do
1: That's like it's <laughs> like common Walmart procedure right there, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, people jump into ball pits and you know, if you start doing it bikes around, then
1: everyone's going to start doing it they just fall along cuz it's yeah. fantastic.
0: That's true. Pick yeah. up on the energy. So
1: okay, yeah. <laughs> so so tell me other than kind of being a little more maybe reserved and collected. Mhm. What's something you, you've brought back or, or something they've taught you? I would just that culture, just being over there, that you felt was
0: helpful. What I, what I love about Japan is in a big city, even like Osaka is huge, um, it's pretty clean, you know? And what, what it is is, and there's not like garbage cans on every corner. That was the other thing. Um, but people will, will see a bit of trash, they'll pick it up and they'll walk four or five blocks to a garbage can and drop it in there it's just, they just care about keeping their stuff looking nice, you know? There's a respect for the country, the city. Mm. And, you know, you you go to New York or, you know, Chicago, some of these bigger cities here. And there's just, there's this carelessness, you know? People will gladly throw a wrapper on the ground and and you'll walk in on a busy street and there's just shit everywhere and it's kind of normal. and we've kind of learned to ignore it. Yeah. You know, but then you go to a, a big a city that's even bigger in a different country and then that's when you notice that it's a little difference. When wow, oh, this is clean. It feels like, like they're doing a really good job, you know, uh with the management of the city, but you don't see a lot of workers out there cleaning. It's just people taking care of their mm-hmm. stuff. So it's respect. I think it's just respect for their culture, respect for their people, respect for their their cities and um so as you're working
1: with them, um uh, Universal, uh, is that does that come through?
0: Yeah, it's weird though because there's also a strong like tradition and and hierarchy that's in place. Mm. So, in a lot of ways, it kind of goes back to like maybe the 70s here where these structures were you know certain types of people weren't leading these organizations, and they're that's kind of how it is back there. They're a little bit dated that way, so Mm. there's some strong traditional. Hierarchy in the uh, business organization, the, the management of things, and like you can't really question authority. You know, have you ever so. been in a situation where
1: you like when you come in? Do you shake things up, or do you kind of fall in line, or is there right. ever any like really tense moments with the production crew when you come in? And
0: there, there are some intense moments, but we we've had um, you know some of. Uh, A really good friend that is the one that got me the job uh, with Japan years ago, and he was always really good at um, mediating. uh, Well, stirring the pot in a good way. Oh, stirring the pot. He he was he was really good at at vocalizing if there was an issue, and you kind of learn that they they know they need someone to get in there and kind of shake things up. You know, with with me, there's there's certain issues that I get really passionate about, and those are the things that I'll Mm. speak up on but it, it's hard you have to learn to kind of go with the flow and then there's times where you really have to put your foot down and try to force your hand to make sure something gets done and it's always a little bit of a battle you know well i imagine because
1: i mean organization and order and kind of like um you know this is the way things are kind of done uh, there's a lot of positive aspects to that creativity has a lot of chaotic aspects to it yeah, And I'm not saying go throw your garbage on the ground and be disrespectful, but uh, I can imagine that that's one part where maybe you coming over and being, you know, our culture is a little more all over the place, but that, mm-hmm. that also opens us up to a lot of creative options, you know, and a lot of last minute decisions and being willing to just yeah, kind of go with the, how it feels. Yes. And so, you know, it's fun. It's like there, there's never any one best way, but. Having a mixture of
0: it all and stirring the pot up a bit, you know and that that's actually a really good point that you bring up because when when you do there's always a good and bad to everything, you know so i I, I think sometimes like the way I'm talking about it, you know, making a joke that if I'm in a giant place with hundred thousand people like I know where the Americans are <laughs> like like i'm I'm joking but also kind of serious because that did happen um, but at the same time, there's there's good that can come from that mindset. And what I've learned in in all creative productions is you need the crazy person to shake it up all the time. And usually those are your high level creatives where they get bored with their own ideas after a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's like, yeah, this is so cool. And then like the next day it's like, what about this? And then the production team is just like, here's the schedule. Like if we don't do this now, we're, we're not going to get done, you know? And there's, You can get lost in both modes. So if you're this free form, everything can be changed on a whim and there's no stress and, you know, then you're going to come up with really good problem solving solutions all the time because you'll just have them on the ready. But there's also a chance you never get anything done ever. You just kind of live in this, this world of, of constant ideation. Yeah. Endless. And and, And that's a really tough life to live because you really your usefulness is is short lived. People bring you in, get a couple ideas from you, and be like, "All right, see you later." All you know. Right. On the other end, if you're just a perfectionist and 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 locked into that system of production, and it must be scheduled this way, and there's no room for this or no room for that, almost every idea needs a shakeup for it to be great. Um, yeah, and, and tight productions really don't allow for a lot of that. Yeah. Additional investigation in a different timeline, timeline. so the bout ba- and every time I go to, to Japan, I realize they're a little bit more reserved and structured and, and structured, and we're out of control. but the blend actually works really good, you know. Um, yeah, I have a friend there that uh, she her husband is Japanese, and he told her, "I, I want to get this right, but basically. It's like the Japanese have a hard time going from zero to one, but we're really good at going from like one to 10. So if there's something mm. started, you'll never see anything more refined than you'll see in Japan. You know, they're, they're known for high-level craftsmanship. They can take an idea and just perfect it, perfect it, perfect it, and revise it, revise it, revise it. And that's an amazing quality, but that takes quite a bit of structure, you know, and discipline. In in America, we're we're kind of taught through our culture to be a little bit better at the zero to one. You know, we're really good at coming up with ideas. We're just a mess. Yeah, we're kind of a mess.
1: Zero to one, man. It is nothing but the mess zone, <laughs> yeah. and we love it, man. We love our mess.
0: We we, we love it. <laughs> the the hard part is when we have to actually refine it. You one, know, and,
1: our one to ten.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of a cool concept, but there's so much truth to it. And then in yeah. the reality, is really good productions, really good outputs have a wonderful mixture of all of it. And I think you're supposed to have like this insane tension when you go into mm-hmm. a, a really high quality production. If if you go through it and if it's too smooth, it it's probably not that good. It's a good
1: indicator that you're doing something right. When you start feeling that anxiety and that tension, a little bit of that heat. Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah. And and that's actually a great collaboration too is when you you have to let things go and someone else has to add their thing and you still to the bitter end, you're not sure if you like that thing and they're not sure if they like your thing that you added. And, but you, but but then all of a sudden you see the audience just freak out over it and you go, actually, that was a good idea. And they're like, yeah, it was actually a good idea too. And, You know, that's actually kind of the sweet spot, but. Well, you started, you kind of started talking about
1: Japan and and sharing how like, you know, sometimes you have these grander visions that don't get realized. And then we heard about kind of their structure and the schedule and everything. Yeah. And yeah, this, this all kind of makes sense. It all blends together that when you put all that creative energy and that vision with this structure, it's like they both kind of get, you know, the, the, the the rigidity or the structure gets pulled into the chaos a little bit. Mm-hmm. The chaos maybe doesn't get to realize as much of its chaos. Uh, it gets pulled into the structure a little bit. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you guys all sit behind a bunch of computer screens and watch everyone bounce off the walls and freak out in uh, this amazing thing you made.
0: Yeah. And, and it, it it's not perfect in anyone's mind, but because it is there, because they're the guests are experiencing it, because it's getting high marks it's popular it is great like and then you have that respect for the balance you know
1: how many times have you
0: performed where you
1: kind of felt like i nailed it just from the performance or was it more like you watched people like really respond to it and you realized oh i did something good i thought it was not so good but everyone's loving it this is amazing okay i guess it's okay
0: i i think it happens twenty, thirty times on both sides of that coin every every maze, you know, every experience you make, which is cool. And also being part of the creative team, I don't have my hands in everything. I mm. it's it's mostly the you know, the scenic design there and, and the layouts and the, you know, the um spatial timing of things as they walk around a corner and then, you know, how the distance between one thing and another and um so it, those are the things I kind of focus on, but we've got you know show directors that focus on the the performers of the mm. the actors in the space, and um, so I think that you you kind of have your own little rabbit hole of investigation and contribution that you, cool. you tend to hyper focus on. But yeah, yeah, w- wins and losses that happens all the time. There's things you look at and you go, "That's not scary at all," and then people love it. You go, "Okay," and then <laughs> sometimes you go, "This is amazing," and then it yeah, it's amazing. Like they loved it. And sometimes you think this is amazing. And then people aren't really into it, you know? (laughs) You know, but so so UX is
1: interesting because we get so stuck on, like, we know the right answer. Or when I say we, I mean, it's easy for like in production and and I'm talking product development to think like, we know, you know what the right solution is and the users will always tell you the truth. Yeah. It's empirical. It's just going to, the truth is going to be revealed as they experience the thing and they are like, they're the king or the queen or whatever. I mean, if you have that perspective of like, I can think what I thought and I can, I can believe what I want to believe, but it's the users that are actually going to show me what reality is. Yeah. You know, and that's what exactly you guys get. But that, that's a, it's a really important posture to take when you're doing product development, because it's easy to get trapped in this kind of idea that I know better. Yeah. And man, that the, the hubris um, <laughs> that that gets knocked down so fast when you're wrong, you just get crushed.
0: It's it's true. It, do you this find, is
1: a piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I it, six months in that.
0: Do, do you find like with the UX stuff that you're always?
1: I love it. I love you, the fact that users like. That. <laughs> I've learned to like really champion that, embrace that, and try and teach that, and be like, guys, like. Have your, have your plans, have your vision, have your preconceived notions, but be a little flexible with them and be prepared. Yeah. Like let's iterate on this because we're going to learn that we were wrong. I promise. And it's okay. It's actually wonderful because the users are there to to lead us where we need to get to.
0: (laughs) And and, and Do you find that you'll have moments of confidence where, where you really feel like you have spent all this time building this, um, this big bucket of experience and, You are really the person that should be making certain decisions, you know, only to have the next day drop you down to where you're nothing. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) And then you start to analyze that. And then when you're in that depression state of like, man, I've spent all of this time and I still feel like I don't know shit. uh, There's there's also a part of you that goes, yeah, but. I just feel it. But I kind of need that confidence. Like you almost need the arrogance. To move something so that that failure can hit harder, you know? <laughs> so sometimes you start appreciating, you know, because I, I think early on I'd get on myself. of like, why was I so overconfident about that? But then, you know, you, you go through that a thousand times in your life and then you realize that, yeah, but there's, there's certain times where I need to be the driver of a bad idea so that the, re- the really good idea can follow, yeah. you know? Oh,
1: sure. Well, I think, I think it's really important to know like there are points where it's really efficient and effective to fail. And there's points where it's really, really um, inefficient and expensive to fail. And so if you just kind of figure out those zones, like f- go ugly early, fail early, put your ideas out there. Like, yeah. like let's, let's figure out what's wrong with the maze before we send, you know, a hundred thousand people through it. Maybe we'll mm-hmm. send a small test group through it and see how they do. So we can make, we can iterate, you know, that's a little it's still like maybe hurts a little bit to, to find out, Oh, that thing I loved actually stinks, but there's no, like the, the consequences associated with that are pretty low, like the native consequences. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that adds all the extra egg on your face and all the, all the, like, you know, the real rough aspects. I mean, if we've pushed out a product and we've invested a million dollars in it, it's not when you want to start finding out that some of your major paradigms or philosophies or information architecture just stink or your yeah. or your features are all wrong. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the wrong time to be doing usability research. You want to be doing that, you know, when you're sketching stuff out. But Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was going to ask Grace uh, bringing it back in though, but I I do love the idea that that the customer is king and you get this chance to really observe the truth of how good of a thing you built cuz mm-hmm. we have all these preconceived notions but then the customers show us the truth. Yeah, um are yeah. you, are you going to be able to be there and monitor this year? Like will you will you be there in the computer room or will it be more like over Zoom or
0: Yeah, so uh this year, I, usually I leave a little early before actually opening. Opens. Yeah. And uh, there's been a couple times where I've, I've been able to be there and there's always kind of this wrap up, this celebration, you know, with the, the group. But I've always had to, you know, make it back in time because um the school year kicks off right about the same yeah. time. So I'm I'm zooming in uh teaching while I'm wrapping up kind of the final days. Yeah, you're in yeah.
1: Japan teaching your classes like from your hotel suite or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over Zoom that's pretty awesome. It's
0: usually only for like a week or two. So it's yeah. not that's not that big of an overlap. Um, and the nice thing is that because the timing is so different while everyone's asleep in Japan, that's when I'm teaching my classes. And then when everyone's asleep in the States, that's when I'm working on site. So, so what I'm hearing you say is race <laughs> isn't sleeping much. No, no, it's a, you know, <laughs> it's a, you know, the day starts at two thirty in the morning, but Oh my gosh. Um, dude. So it's rough for a little bit, but it's also doable and you know, I think there's a, a a big benefit, and then what I'm able to to bring back to the students as far as
1: yeah, the, the experience, the culture,
0: the yeah, yeah, even what we just talked about now, I think that's important for production um, because these students have these projects, and you know, if they're a solo project. The, you have to find that battle within where you have mm, zero to one versus one to 10. Yeah. Like that, that's a lot of pressure. Like I not only have to be the creative agile component, but I've also need to be the rigorous time manager over here that mm. can get the dang thing done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, that's why teams are so amazing is because usually you have someone playing that antagonist for you. Yeah. But wow. When it's all on you, that's horrible. I a little <laughs> Jekyll
1: and Hyde going on there. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, you, you, you need a really good, you know, split personality to pull that off. And I think that's weird to say, but you kind of need to develop that to be able to jump around.
1: Well, race, uh, thanks for, thanks for kind of diving into that. That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear all about it. When, when can we kind of expect to, I don't know, when can we start to learn a little more about the maze?
0: Usually after it's like mid October, you know, um, or actually kind of later September, uh, I don't know if I can say when it opens, but usually late September it'll. Yeah, sometime be out there and
1: sometime around videos around Halloween. Uh, we'll we'll have to do a follow up, and I want to hear all the, the the details of the experience, what the maze was about. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can capture some. Oh, I don't know if you can capture any any shots of it, but maybe, maybe we can find some promotional material.
0: Yeah, usually they'll do like a, a marketing video cool. that. Um, but it, but it's kind of tough. It, it's hard to work over there, and then. You know, aside from my own videos and the marketing campaigns that they'll they'll put together, they're, they're still kind of hard to find, you know? Yeah. Like searching for them. I've I have tried to look at past stuff and, wow, there's really just not a lot of footage that we we get to see over here. And, and that's kind of a bummer because, you know, I, I can talk about these things that I do. I just, it's harder to show it. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, yeah. the big question is, is are you going to bring back another box of really weird candy? Of course awesome of course yeah i love how like in japan they have like 75 flavors of kit kat there's like shark fin squid
0: <laughs> the squid flavors <laughs> are are everywhere it's amazing but yeah the, the 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 little treats like the kids that's their favorite thing is what weird thing is dad gonna bring back i, I brought more squid stuff back last year and it's, wasn't, wasn't it wasn't as big didn't seller eaten no <laughs> they just kind of looked at it weird but well,
1: race—it's the kids and it's me. Um, yeah,
0: so. <laughs> like, yeah I've, I, I've got a whole <laughs> suitcase that I I bring that's His basically cup. empty when I go there, and then
1: all your contraband, you know, weird I, candy.
0: Yeah, knowing that I'm going to bring back a bunch of weird.
1: I, I remember, candy. yeah, you you gave us all a bunch at one of our D and D nights, and we had—they were like these little crispy like candy sweet, but there was like oh ch- ramen chicken.
0: Yeah, yeah little Cheetoy things che- right it was like
1: it was like a, a single cheeto in a pouch that tasted like shrimp ramen or beef ramen or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so gross
0: dude. it so, was awesome. so i think the one that there was a couple that i think i brought that were more on the weird <laughs> side but some of them They're are delicious yeah. like
1: no we, we found some good ones yeah for that,
0: sure. okay so you, you did get to try some of the better ones <laughs>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah okay i was trying to remember if we shared a little bit but yeah but there's some it's a lot of the ones that are bad are the fishy ones you know the, the squid based things but that's just because the palates might be a little different sure because over there they're super popular you know but i <laughs> yeah <laughs> some were are a little weird tasting but that's always the fun thing about uh the cultures is just different the different just foods different. you know they have there's some things over here that you know, I'd, I'd love for my friends from Japan to be able to come and visit and try all the, even like local stuff, like some of the Idaho stuff that we have, you know, a russet potato would be kind of awesome <laughs> to, to really, you know, uh, have them experience that because I think in Idaho, it is a that stereotype is true. We, we have a lot, of, a lot of potatoes, <laughs>
1: here's a potato and here's some wheat. Yep. I feel like they may be a little underwhelmed, but, uh,
0: <laughs> I
1: don't know. Um, well, race. Yeah, you have a fun trip. Uh, yeah, we'll. we'll yeah,
0: uh, thanks. It'll be it'll be fun. Um, it's always hard being away for that long, but and we won't be able to do a podcast for like a month. Eh, we've
1: got one or two queued <laughs> <cut> up. So <laughs> That's
0: right. we'll, we'll catch you <laughs> when you get back. I, I like it. Sounds good.
1: Thanks for listening, folks. Uh, you can continue the conversation over on Reddit. We have a subreddit, Jurassic Unicorn.
0: We've also got Instagram. We've got YouTube. You can check the links in the description and find us there. Yeah. All right. Take care. See you, everybody.